sat upon, the spat upon, the ratted on. These are the people that Jesus says not only will inherit the earth, but they are hashtag blessed. I'm not so sure that those great theologians, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, quite had the, uh, the, defi- the right definition of those who are meek, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll dive into that here in just a minute. Anybody been using the hashtag blessed? I haven't been stalking your Facebook pages. I've been trying to use it ironically. Uh, whenever I post something, I'll, I'll put hashtag blessed on it just for fun. Um, and probably some people think I'm overusing it. But um, if you haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, uh, welcome. Uh, also, let me bring you up to, to speed. Uh, Jesus started off his Sermon on the Mount, uh, the most famous sermon. It's in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And he starts off the whole thing with this list of what's been called the Beatitudes. Uh, Beatitude, or uh, that, that's a, a Latin phrase that means uh, all these lines start with blessed or uh, the blessed, people who are blessed. And so this list uh, lists out uh, things that are actually, I mean, it's completely different from what uh, what we might think of when we think of blessed people. Uh, in fact, the, the title of this series is, is a bit ironic because people uh, ta- tag hashtag blessed usually when they're, uh, they're, they're posting something in social media, uh, which really ends up just bragging about what they have or good things that are going on. Maybe, maybe that's not the intent, uh, but it can tend to come across that way. We think when we have, and I mean, basically it, it emphasizes the fact that that we see blessing as equaling when we have good stuff, right? When good things are happening, when there's warm, fuzzy stuff, when I have what I want, then I'm hashtag blessed. This is the universal term for hashtag. Did you know that? I just made it up. Actually, No, I'm just kidding. I, I saw it somewhere. I don't know. I think we've seen by now, and if you've read through the Beatitudes at all on your own, uh, we can see that Jesus' list probably would never show up in a Twitter feed of hashtag blessed. Uh, Jesus says, uh, just to bring you up to speed, a couple weeks ago we saw that Jesus said the poor in spirit, uh, and then last week those who mourn are blessed. And that doesn't really seem to jibe with our definitions of blessing. Uh, but as we look closer, we saw that that the poor in spirit are the humble, those who are dependent on God. Uh, the, they're the blessed ones. And and then last week, we saw that those who mourn, uh, people who are mourning not only over life's circumstances, but mourning over their sin, seeing sin the way God sees their sin, um, they, be, they are blessed because they are the ones, uh, we are the ones that can receive uh, forgiveness, and we are the ones that sense God's presence walking with us through our morning. And today we come to the meek. Yet another group of people probably we wouldn't associate with blessing. Uh, I want to read through the entire list again. I want to do this every week so we kind of have it all in contest and then we're going to zero in on verse 5. Blessed are the meek. So uh, Matthew chapter 5 verses 3 through 12. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Verse 5, again, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. What do you think of when you think of someone who is meek? Uh, Charles Barkley once said, the meek may inherit the earth, but they won't get the ball from me. Once again, another great theologian the pastor's bringing to you. We got Simon, we got Garfunkel, now we got Charles Barkley. It'll get better, I promise. Uh, someone else, there was a, I, I think this was sprayed in graffiti somewhere on the side of a wall. Uh, it said this, uh, the meek will inherit the earth, if that's all right with you. We wouldn't want to impose anything, okay? Uh, sometimes we think weak when we think meek, right? It's, it's not really this, uh, we don't get this picture of strength. Uh, maybe because it rhymes, then we think that, uh, that meek means weak, uh, but, uh, but it's not necessarily the case. Charles Wesley. So we got a, now we're moving in the right direction. From Charles Barkley, we're moving to Charles Wesley. So, uh, several hundred years ago, Wesley wrote a children's hymn. You, maybe you've sung it somewhere, Gentle Jesus, Meek and Mild. Um, Wesley's probably just trying to rhyme with the next line of the song, rhyme mild and child, but I think in the course of that, we kind of incorporate meek and mild together, uh, and, uh, but, but meek isn't necessarily, uh, shouldn't be equated with, uh, with, with mildness. Um, the meek will inherit the earth. Just, just to know, before, before I go any further, just to know, I really resonated this week with one of the books, and I, obviously in studying, I, I look at a whole lot of things, but, but, but one book in particular this week, I really resonated with, uh, with the chapter on, uh, this chapter on the, the meek, uh, uh, Pastor Colin Smith wrote a book called Momentum that's all about the Beatitudes. So I, I guess I just want to say, if you hear anything deep and meaningful and spiritual today, probably came from him originally, and I'm just passing it along. So just want to put that caveat out there. But uh, as we continue, uh, uh, Matthew Henry, years ago, theologian Matthew Henry wrote a book uh, years ago entitled A Discourse on Meekness and Quietness of Spirit. In it, he draws attention to the Latin word for meekness, which is something I'm not going to be able to pronounce. But uh, is, is that up there? Do we have that? Okay. Mansuitus or something. Those of you that are Latin scholars can, uh, can say that. It means, and, and so it's made up of two, two Latin words, uh, manu and uh, suetus, which uh, together, then you put that together, it means use to the hand. Use to the hand. Don't worry, we'll unpack that a little bit, but I wa- as we're doing that, I want to tell you a story. Because last week, no, a couple weeks ago, uh, our family got a new kitten. So in addition to, go ahead, in addition to the oversized cat, Duncan, and the excitable dog, Harley, and the rabbit in the cage, Nova, now we have little Mac. There he is. Aw, isn't he cute? Yeah, he's not. He's, he's a cat. Um, no, I'm just kidding. He's very cute. Very cute. So, uh, long story short, I don't know, uh, so we found, someone found him uh, hiding on one of the coldest days in January in the engine compartment of a car. So we added him to our family just over two weeks ago, I think, right? And as you can imagine, Mac was a little skittish at first. Uh, I'm not sure what all he has been through in his four-plus months of life. 
but it couldn't have been too good if he ended up in a car engine. I'm just thinking. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. Uh, it's been a process to get Mac acquainted with us and with the other pets and, and helping understand that he is safe now and he is loved and he's in a family. For the first few days, we kept him in a room by himself, not only to quarantine ourselves from whatever he's carrying, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. He's got all his shots now. We're good to go. Um, Primarily, Rebecca was the one that would go in uh, with him, and uh, they, he, she'd feed him, and she'd play with him, and and uh, and hold him. And gradually, we introduced him to the other members of the family uh, and to the rest of the house. And uh, I remember going in the first couple of days, and and I'd reach down to pet him, and he'd flinch. And and actually, this little cat—he looks very, very uh, innocent there. He has quite a growl, quite a quite a, quite a growl. A low, guttural, you know when he's not quite okay with things. I'm just saying. Gradually, though, Max growl over the last two weeks, it's been quite a transformation, and his growl has turned into a very loud purr. And he's warming up to us, and he's starting to trust us, and he's beginning to seek out our attention instead of us imposing our attention on him. Uh, as much as cats do, he's responding uh, to to us and and to to guidance and and help and in a phrase he's getting used to the hand he's getting used to us he's getting used to uh someone guiding him someone caring for him he's getting used to the hand many many authors and and preachers uh read through uh, again many books uh a lot of them came back to the illustration of uh, training a horse, uh, taming a, a wild horse when they talked about meekness. And uh, if, if someone comes near a wild horse, then it would buck and kick and, and would resist. But when it starts getting used to the hand, when it starts to become meek, uh, then, then it would actually submit itself to be controlled by bit and bridle. Uh, it's great strength was brought under control, and what was once wild and unruly and agitated uh, is now calm and at peace and ready to be used, putting that wild uh, strength used for something good, uh, used for a purpose. So I think maybe a great definition of meekness uh, that we need to use, and I'm sure this all came up when you were talking amongst yourselves, uh, probably someone said strength under control, right? Did you say that, everyone? I see that hand. I didn't see any hands. Anyway, um, strength under control, meekness. So, so reprogram yourself. When we're talking about meekness, we're not talking about what usually comes to mind uh, of, of weakness or, or uh, meek and mild or mousy, um, the, the, the spat upon. We're, not t- we're talking about strength under control. It's, it's not weakness. It's not being walked all over. It's not being shy or backward. Meekness is actually great strength controlled. And Jesus says that meekness is something we should be pursuing because the meek are blessed. Reverend Colin Smith puts it this way, Jesus is calling us to something wonderful here. Think about what controlled strength could mean in your life. Growing in meekness will subdue your impulsiveness, giving you control over your anger. It will change the way you speak, giving you control over harsh words and the sharp put-down. Growing in meekness will lead you into contentment, bringing you peace as you get used to the hand of God, even in the difficult circumstances of your life. 
Most of all, growing in meekness will position you to be useful in God's service. So, what do we, what do we do with that? How do we develop this virtue in our lives so we can be hashtag blessed, so that God will pour his blessings upon us, so that we can be meek? Uh, in a word, I believe the secret comes in submission. Submission. Okay, so there's another word that uh, that we don't necessarily think all that highly of. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so what are we? Pastor wants me to meek and to be meek and to submit. Those are not two exciting things that we jump in and we say, "Yes, I'm going to do that." Right? Uh, but submission, I, again, I think gets a bad rap. Uh, but uh, but living a life that is truly blessed comes from submitting to God. Just as a horse comes to that place of submitting to bit and bridle and saddle and the in the hand of of a trainer, you and I have to submit to God's direction for our lives. It doesn't diminish any strength that we have, uh, but uh, but it actually intensifies our effectiveness to use that strength, for God to use that strength to be under God's control. Two things when I I, uh, look at the word submission... You've got sub and you've got mission, right? So you've got sub, like submarine. That's called a submarine because it's under the water, right? Anything sub is under. And, uh, and so if I'm looking at submission, then, then I'm putting my mission under the mission of someone else or something else, right? So I'm, I'm allowing my mission, my strength, my, I'm submitting to someone else's mission. You do this at work. Uh, you submit to, unless you're the boss, I guess. You submit to your boss or you submit to the company and you choose to use your strength to further their mission, right? You're submitting to, uh, what the, this is what we're doing and this is the product we're making or this is the service we're providing. And, and so, uh, we've hired you to do this part of that so that we can accomplish this mission. It happens on a sports team. I've been on numerous sports team over, teams over the years, and uh, uh, we use our specific talents and skills in combination with others in order to win, which is the mission of the team. Uh, a lot of times we see, especially in professional sports and superstars, where they get this out of whack, and, and it's their personal mission uh, over and above the mission of the team. And somebody might score uh, 50 points on a given night in a basketball game, but the team lost because they They were uh, building up their own stats instead of submitting to the mission of the of the team. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. There's no I in team. We had T-shirts at one point on a a team I was on. There's no I in team. Just means we can spell, I guess. But uh, uh, it it also means that uh, that that the team is more important than the individuals on the team. Uh, As a member of the team, it's not about me and my agenda, but about making the team uh, successful. And so I'm submitting to the mission of the team. I'm putting my mission under the mission of the team. Holy meekness is not sitting back, being quiet and mousy and let people walk all over us. That's not the kind of people that, that God is wanting to represent him in the world. Uh, be like Jesus. Let people walk all over you. That's not what he's, uh, he's promoting here. He needs us to exhibit controlled strength as we submit ourselves, to, as we put our mission under his His mission is most important, and I'm going to allow him to use me to accomplish his mission. So specifically, we become meek 
as we submit, I think, in, in at least three ways. Uh, we submit to God's word, God's will, and God's people. First of all, I, I think we, uh, we must be submitting to God's word. Uh, James 1.21 says, Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So we have to ask our question, in, in developing meekness, am I submitting to the authority of the Bible? Uh, that means that when you read something in your daily personal uh, time with God, uh, or when you hear something on a Sunday morning and you're, you're looking at the, the, the passage that we're looking at, uh, you, you hear something in your, in your life group or in your Sunday school class, uh, do you accept it as the truth to be applied to your life? Well, God said this, so I need to apply this to my life. I'm submitting to that truth. Or is it advice to be considered? I'll think about that. Uh, yeah, hmm. Or maybe it's, wow, that would really be good for so-and-so. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe we don't internalize it ourselves. I, I think too often we approach God's word as God's suggestions or advice. Now, if, if his instructions uh, happen to line up with what I think or what I want, then, then that's great. I'll follow the Bible, but really I'm not following the Bible. I'm just doing what I want to do and, and, uh, and, and maybe picking a couple of verses that help explain that for me. But, but if, if what God says doesn't uh, line up with what I want, then, then too often we explain, explain it away as, as not applicable to me or we find some way to get around it, so to speak. There's not submission there. Ultimately, I'm just doing what I want to do, and sometimes it's the same as what the Bible says, but that's not submission to the, the Word of God. The Bible is the, the inspired Word of God Himself. It speaks truth, and so we need to submit ourselves to the truth of God's Word. We need to allow ourselves to be shaped by it. That's meekness, strength under control, submitting to Authority submitting to the mission of God, and we understand what that is through Scripture. Uh, we we must receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls. We also need to submit not only to God's word, but also to God's will. It goes right right in line with that. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, in, uh, literally it's in the same sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, a chapter or so after this, uh, they, they said, teach us to pray, and, and he taught them what we know as the Lord's Prayer, right? And, and uh, one very famous line in that very famous prayer is, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not just words we recite. We're literally saying, I want God, I want your will, not my will in the world. Every prayer we pray, whether we utter those specific words or not, every prayer we pray should be done with the posture of submission to the will of God. God, this is what I want. I'm praying for it. I'm hoping for it. I'm yearning for it. But ultimately, I want what you want because I know I can't see everything. And so I want what you want. The best example of this uh, comes from Jesus himself. He prayed in the Garden of of Gethsemane on the night before he was crucified. And uh, it it was a a, a very difficult time. Time, Jesus is wrestling with things and, and torturous. He's, he's, uh, one one uh, of the Gospels describes him as, as sweating drops of blood. It's, this is a, a stressful, difficult uh, situation. And he, he falls down and he cries out to God. And, and, and he, he says, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. So you better make that happen or I'm not happy. No, that's not what he said. 
Not as I will, but as you will. Father, I, I, this is tough and I don't think I can handle it, but I'm still submitting. I'm putting my mission under your mission and I'm going to let you use me how you will. Meekness is humble obedience to the will of God, no matter what. That picture of Jesus in the garden isn't a picture of, of, of weakness. Right? It's, it's, it's amazing strength. It, t- it takes amazing courage and strength to come to a place of submitting to the will of God. Controlled strength. Submitted to what God wants, not just what I want. Submitted to God's word. Submitted to God's will. Submitted to God's people. And this one might get a little bit more difficult. I don't know. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There's some, uh, some people take that as the beginning of the next passage there in Ephesians that, that dives right into, uh, husbands submitting, uh, or husbands and wives and how they interact and, and wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives and, and each of you treat it. And, and, and it certainly does. It's a, it's a great transition, but it also is the kind of the, the, uh, the, the summary of the passage previous to that, which talks about how we need to live out our lives with God and with his people. And, and we're living lives of worship and, and we're, we're, uh, we're, and then the, the last line or the transition line there is submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I say that to say it's not, it's not just in the marriage relationship, but it's, it's intended for the church as a whole that we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We, we have a lot to learn from each other, especially in the church. Um, we, um, we preachers tend to emphasize attendance a lot. It's about the fact that not only do uh, do I want you to experience God's presence through a gathering like this or through a, uh, uh, the, the other programs and, and ministries that we offer, uh, don't just want what's, what's for you, but the, as a part of the church, as a part of the body of Christ, we each not only have a responsibility, we don't have the jo- just the joy of getting, uh, receiving things for ourselves in the church. We have the, the joy and the responsibility of, uh, of, of encouraging each other, right? And, and if you're not here, you can't do that. It's it's not about uh, counting people or turning in reports and all those kinds of things. It's it's about uh, not only will you not get what you need, but you won't be able to to give how you need to give. And and it's it's a it's the church is a is a different entity than than signing on to join a, a group. Uh, 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 for what you can get, right? You sign on to a country club so that you can get all the perks, right? Uh, th- well, what do I get for my money? The, the church is completely opposite of that. <laughs> we sign on for how we can give, how we can be used, uh, how we can be a part of the mission of God, submitting to the mission of the church, which is submitting to the mission of God, uh, not only in this place, but when we go from this place into our community, into our country, into our world, how can God use us? We're submitting to God, and in that, we're submitting to each other. We're encouraging each other. We're building relationships. We're, 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 we're going deep in those relationships. 
as we humbly submit ourselves to. It doesn't mean that we just, uh, again, that we just roll over backward and let everyone do whatever they want. No, we're, we're, we're giving input. We're receiving input. We're, we're learning from others. We're speaking up when we need to, to, to speak up. We're seeking to grow. Uh, we're seeking to be shaped by God through other people. That's part of the, the, the joy and the, 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 the wonderfulness of the church. We, God, we see God through his people. That's not perfect. Uh, we're not perfect. But God uses the church to bring about his kingdom in this world. And the Apostle Paul in, in Philippians 2 talks about our attitude that we need to have. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if there's any comfort from his love, if any uh, common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Sounds a lot like submission. I think that highlights the fact that these Beatitudes build on each other and are kind of overlapping each other uh, because uh, you can't be meek unless you're also poor in spirit, unless you're humble in your relationships with others. Uh, if, if the more I realize, I guess, that, 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 that I've been wrong or that I've messed up and I'm, I, I'm humbly uh, uh, relating to God and to others, then I'm willing to submit or, or listen to the leadership of others and, uh, and the leadership of God. And meekness surely grows out of, of our mourning over our sin. Seeing our sins with clarity makes us more willing to forgive other people and, and their failings. Uh, as we walk through this, this list of, of beatitudes, of the hashtag blessed that Jesus made, then I think we'll keep seeing how these blessings, these blessed people are interconnected and, and one builds on the other. Meekness, being meek, might be uh, the, the true definition that I believe it is and the, the, the meaning as Jesus sat on that uh, mountainside that day and said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. I, uh, maybe that's different. The true definition is different than what you had in your head when you came in here today. It's, it's actually a, a trait that, that, that we should be pursuing and developing. We need to be getting used to the hand of God in our lives. Submitting to his authority. I think I'm going to let that filter through my head for quite some time. Am I used to the hand of God? And I always, for some reason in this season of my life, I'm picturing a little kitten there. (laughs) Getting used to the hand of God in my life and allowing him to control things. Again, that, that, that book, Momentum by Colin, Colin Smith, he lists out a, a whole ton of, of ways, practical ways that we can develop meekness in our lives. And we don't have time to, to, to cover all of them, but I do want to highlight just a few this morning uh, as, as we uh, try to build meekness into our character. And there are several things I think we can do. One thing uh, that he mentions is that we need to moderate, your, you need to moderate your expectations of others moderate our expectations of others. Psalm 103 verse 14 says, God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. God in his kindness remembers our weakness. Uh, we, we just dwelled on this uh, a few days ago on Ash Wednesday, right? As we started off the season of Lent. God knows that we are human. He knows that we are weak. And we should do the same in our interactions with other people. We need to think about uh, the, the, the fact that people are carrying burdens, 
and uh, we need to think about the temptations that they may be facing and the issues that they're they're going through. Uh, rather than demanding our way, we should approach them with a controlled strength and a and a meekness, moderating our expectations of them always doing exactly what they want we want them to do. Uh, I heard this years ago, and I think it's pretty true. There's always something you don't know about another person that if you knew it, it would change your entire viewpoint of them. As we approach others, we need to moderate our expectations. Uh, another thing I think we, that can be helpful is, is that we need to make friends with meek people. Uh, Proverbs 22, uh, 24 and 25 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. The Bible actually says, don't be friends of a hothead. That's what it says. Why? Because you might learn to be hot-headed. And and the implications are obvious, and that's all over Scripture. You need to spend time with people that are on their way to becoming more like Jesus so you can be on your way to becoming more like Jesus. And it's true in this area of meekness. Uh, Choose friends who are people who are displaying uh, traits like humility and meekness. Number three, take pleasure in the joys and successes of others. Maybe this is the hardest one. I don't know. Romans 12:15 says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. I find that it's easier a lot of times to draw up along some somebody who's going through difficulty and kind of walking through that with them than it is to be happy for them when everything's great. Because all of a sudden, well why isn't everything great with me? Uh this happens on uh, social media and probably the main reason we hashtag things blessed because we want other people to see the great good stuff that's going on in our lives and maybe be a little bit envious of us, right? Um, it's hard many times to, uh, to have the habit of rejoicing and celebrating and thanking God for other people's blessings. One th- if you can implement one thing this week, maybe, maybe it's to consciously be thankful to God for the good stuff that's going on in other people's lives. And in that, you'll be developing the character trait of meekness. Another thing, discern God's hand in the work of your enemies. Uh, this is a little bit difficult as well. John eighteen eleven says, Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Jesus is talking. He's about to be uh, uh, betrayed, crucified, uh, and, uh, and, and walking through all that. This would have happened uh, on that same time as he's praying, Not my will, but thy will. Uh, Puritan preacher and author Thomas Watson once wrote, What made Christ so meek in his sufferings? His answer was, He did not look at Judas or Pilate, but at his father. So he wasn't uh, blaming uh, the, the, the people that were being used to bring about this thing in his life. Uh, he, was, he was submitting to the will of God no matter who it came through. Right? If, if you see yourself as a story of what others have done to you, you will always live in disappointment and frustration and resentment. But in Jesus, we, we see a son who in meekness submitted himself to God's perfect plan even through the attacks of bad people. Trust God's hand, trust God's plan, even in the bad stuff. Number five, walk daily in step with Jesus. Obviously, this uh, kind of puts a cover on, on everything in our lives. Uh, if we're going to be developing and becoming more like Jesus, we need to walk daily in step with him. I come back to Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find 
rest for your souls. Jesus embodies meekness. Uh, he is gentle and he is humble. And, and so when we walk closely with him, we develop his character. We're, we're uh, kind of coming around full circle here because we started with, uh, with, with animals and uh, maybe even on the farm and taming horses. And now we're back again because we're talking about a yoke, right? And that's not a yoke like, uh, like an egg. And that's not a yoke like a joke. Uh, this is, uh, this is a yoke like this picture here. Uh, this pic, that picture there. So, um, this is, uh, an old time yoke that a farmer would use to hitch up two animals together. Oxen, horses, uh, the big beasts of burden, I guess we could call them. And, and they would put them together. It, it didn't work out too well if one was really tall and one was really short. You can imagine, right? Uh, it, it didn't work out too well if one was high strung and wild and, and going every which way and one was not. Uh, a lot of times they would, would, uh, hook up a younger animal to an older, more established, steady animal in order to train them. Uh, when it worked the best is when the two were working side by side, submitting to each other and, and, uh, learning from each other and where they were going to go and both of them submitting to the farmer who's running the plow. I, I think that's right where we need to be in, uh, in this whole concept of meekness. We're, we're working with each other side by side, accomplishing not our goals. Maybe my goal is to run over there and the, the other one is to go, but, but we're working together to accomplish God's goals. We're working together, submitted to each other and submitted to Him. If there, if these two animals were in sync, and working together, so much could be accomplished. If they weren't, then um, a whole lot of trouble ensued. As they got used to the hand of God, as, they, as those animals got used to the hand of the farmer and the direction and guidance, much could be accomplished. I believe today that Jesus invites us to be in sync with him to submit ourselves to his yoke, and we will learn in that. Now, that thing doesn't look very comfortable, right? Uh, it looks pretty heavy and awkward, and I think if we put it on, we would say this yoke is not easy and this burden is not light. Jesus says in Matthew that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. There's something about those two animals walking in sync that makes it a whole lot easier, and they shoulder the burden for each other. And they're accomplishing things the way God would have them to accomplish. And I think as we, as we sink ourselves with God and as we submit to, uh, to, to His leadership in our lives, we'll learn meekness. We'll, we'll learn how to follow. We'll be used to the hand of God in our lives. A.W. Tozer, theologian, uh, and, uh, author wrote a, uh, a great book called The Pursuit of God, among many others. And he addressed this whole idea, and I'd like to close with this. Jesus calls us to his rest, and meekness is his method. The meek man cares not at all who is greater than he, for he has long ago decided that the esteem of the world is not worth the effort. The rest Christ offers is the rest of meekness. The blessed relief which comes when we accept ourselves for what we are and cease to pretend. It will take some courage at first, but the needed grace will come as we learn that we are sharing in this new and easy yoke. 
with the strong Son of God himself. Father God, we thank you for this list of those who are blessed. Lord, we admit that uh, at at first take, uh, these things aren't necessarily things that we uh, would even want to build into our lives. And yet, as we drill down on what these things are, we realize that that you have wonderful things in store for us if if only we would we would learn from you take these things to heart and so lord i pray that you will you will make me more meek i pray the same for each one gathered here today for those who might be watching from somewhere lord i pray that we can be submitted to you that our mission is under your mission and we only want what you want. I pray that we can get used to your hand in our lives, that you are the guiding force. And whatever strength we might have, that whatever talents you may have given us, whatever, whatever things we might bring to the table, Lord, we pray that they would be used by you, that, that they would be controlled by you, that our strength would be controlled to accomplish your purposes. Lord, as we see what, what it truly means to be meek, we can see what a blessing that is. And so I, I pray that, that as we go from here, we can, we can go knowing that we are yoked to the very Son of God himself. And in that, we can see rest. In that, we can see purpose. In that, we can see more strength than we could ever possibly dream of on our own. Make us more like you, Lord make us meek. I pray, Lord, that as we go from here today, that we would experience your blessing. Uh, not so much the, uh, the blessing that we might think about, uh, worldly blessings, but that we could truly experience the blessing of your presence in our lives. And that we can sense and know you as we live our lives each day, that we can represent you well wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.